Hello, and welcome to another episode of Pod for the Planet. I'm Charles Olson. I'm Abby Beach. And I'm Ramal Pacheco. Today, we're going to be talking a little bit about some news, what's going on in the environmental world, in the real world, and in our imaginations. So, let's get into it. Still moving your phone around? Uh, so, a lot's been going on in the world, particularly revolving around coronavirus and the pandemic that we've been living in. It's somewhat consumed our lives and the lives of most of the people in America and around the world. Um, and with that, something that's been happening is the U.S. government has been trying to pass a series of relief packages aimed at stimulating the economy uh, during this trying time uh, in the hope that we can avoid a significant economic collapse a la 2008 and a la the Great Depression. Uh, So in that, uh, something that's been going on environmentally uh, is that uh, 40 Democratic Democratic lawmakers... (laughs) (laughs) You know, the when I mess up, it's bad. But that was really bad. I'm tired. Uh, anyway, 40 Democratic lawmakers are arguing that fossil fuel companies, big oil, should not be receiving any assistance under the coronavirus relief package. They sent a letter to the Treasury Secretary saying that uh, the $2 trillion of economic relief uh, were intended to support struggling families, workers, businesses, states, and municipalities. Uh, The Senator Ed Markey of Massachusetts, one of the co-sponsors of the Green New Deal, and man who will soon have a dope line of streetwear coming out soon, uh, was spearheading the letter uh, that was sent to the Treasury Secretary and was saying how uh, this money should not be spent to give the big fossil fuel companies another bailout. Uh, I just feel like it's just so upsetting that we're, like, sneaking in all of these, like, polluter and... We're not. Not us. But, like, our country is, like, sneaking in all these these wins for like the fossil fuel industry and like so many other industries too, just like during such a trying time for so many people where they know that activists can't physically get out of their houses to protest. And like you can, there's a lot to be said about like online activism and it's awesome and important, but like, we can't physically go down there and like people are distracted and people have other things going on. And like, it's just so disrespectful as hell. Yeah. It's, it's pretty outrageous to me that, uh, we are seeing during this time, like you said, uh, that these big companies are trying to take advantage of the moment. Um, I think it's, I'm not surprised by it, which is sad. I we kind of could have seen something like this coming. I feel like uh, big oil and the fossil fuel industry were kind of waiting for their moment for the uh, to 
swoop in and kind of put another foothold into our government economically at least um i'm just worried about what this means moving forward i know we talked about it in our last episode about how to use this moment to move forward uh for renewable energy and for the green movement i'm worried that this might be a step back in the wrong direction yeah and there's a lot of like little things happening right now that aren't just like you know big uh breaks for the fossil fuel industry there's like little laws being passed that are going to be like super harmful like there was laws passed in i think it's three states is south dakota kentucky and west virginia uh passing laws that criminalize fossil fuel protests so like there's just like small little things that are going to make it more difficult for us to like stand up eventually when we do have the ability to leave our homes again it's like it's pretty scary and it's just it's just upsetting too that's kind of connected to like this uh, a deeper issue that's going on with our political system where we've seen over the past decade like this incremental erosion of like basic rights we've seen it with like voting rights across the states and we've seen like this conservative movement like kind of just like bit by bit chiseling away at the ability of a growing majority of people to fight against like the established power Mm -hmm. and i think that this is just another example of that yeah there are some other like some on not the bright side but on the flip side of this there are like a delay in a lot of like fossil fuel projects as well um and there was like a a halting and a pipeline um so there is like some you know like it's not just the the renewable sector that's like facing a lot of setbacks but that being said like they're they don't have the support of the government like the fossil fuel industry does. I just like wonder like how activists are going to like push back like after like quarantine is like no longer a thing. Cause like <clears throat> I'm just going to assume cause you could only do so much like through the internet and like online, but like, I don't know. We're, we're all like exhausted emotionally and some of us don't have a job. And then those that do have, like, essential jobs are, like, working, like, nonstop. Yeah. So I'm, like, worried that, like, you know, it's like, all right, let's get back into, you know, fighting for what's right. But then it's like, yeah, but we're tired. And survival. Yeah. Like, we, we just need to, we, we get put back into a corner where we're like, we can't fight for these big things. They're too difficult. We need to make sure that we can eat today. I know what you mean. Right, but that's like kind of why we need to fight even more because right that's the that's the reason like we shouldn't be fighting to like you know have basic things in life mm-hmm. like clean air and clean water but not being able to fight for those because if we do we won't be able to put food on the table like that's why we're having mm-hmm. these conversations is because we've been put into this situation over and over again. Um, in related news to that, 
uh, along with the possibility of the money from the stimulus package being given to the fossil fuel industry, uh, representatives from oil companies have reached out to the EPA and to the federal government for uh, relaxing of regulatory uh, programs, uh, which some people are, some critics in the environmental movement are calling it a license to pollute with limited to no restrictions, um, which is a huge, huge blow for a lot of work that has been done by very smart people in the environmental movement for the past half decade to a decade. Yeah, and I mean, there's been a handful of like other environmental rollbacks that we've seen in the past, you know, like three years already. Um, so I feel like this would kind of be just like the final fork. Um, like in regulatory agencies? Yeah. Um, the Trump administration's been basically pulling the teeth off of all of the regulatory agencies for the past three and a half years, and this is the last tooth, and the pr- and we're about to wake the up. The last tooth. This is the last <laughs> tooth, and we're about to wake up with a mouth of just gums. Ew, I don't... <laughs> I really don't like that, uh... that metaphor. Uh, no, thank you. Yeah, it's a terrible image. It's how it's gonna be. <laughs> Yikesies. <laughs> what else is happening in the world? Well, similar to that, um, we're talking about um, about activism and online activism. Um, I think like this is a moment where we can learn a lot about the effectiveness of online activism and and how to do that properly. Um, and Earth Day Fifty is in two days, um, which, if you don't know. April 22nd is Earth Day. It's the 50th anniversary of the first first Earth Day this year. Um, And there's supposed to be quite a bit of um, protests and and different events and speakers and all over the the globe, but it's obviously all been moved online. Um, But it still looks pretty interesting. There's, like, yesterday, um, I think that, Senator Warren kicked it off. Um, Al Gore speaking. Bill Nye. Um, Nye, the science guy. Bill, Nye, Bill, dude. Bill, Bill, Bill. Bill Nye, the science guy. Insert Bill Nye theme here. Um, Are you allowed to do that? I don't know. Part of it. But so what's cool about it is like the first, it's obviously like Earth Week, but the first day is, uh, or April 22nd, like the big day, is focused on amplifying voices of indigenous leaders and the youth climate activists um which i think is like so important that we're like starting off with that on like the biggest day is about like lifting those voices up which it should be um yeah it's a it's a huge course correction considering that the last earth day and like the last major wave of environmental activism in the 70s wasn't inclusive it didn't you mean include the first Earth the Day. First, yeah, the first Earth Day. Yeah. Um, and then the next day is about. Racism the environmental movement. What was that? I said the secret history of racism in the environmental movement. Not no so else. secret. Pretty. 
pretty blatant, but we still don't talk about it enough. We'll do an episode on it soon. Um, and then the next day is about divestment. Um, obviously the theme for this year is climate change. And then the third day is about voter registration and political engagement. Um, important. Yeah. And there's going to be like tons of live streams, local live streams. There's an app. Um, we can link to all this stuff in the show notes. Yeah. And I think that obviously it's not going to do as much because you won't see the physical like showing up. But what's cool about it is that it is more inclusive um, to an extent. Obviously, there's the barrier of like Wi-Fi and stuff, but online engagement is often more inclusive for like differently abled people. And um, so that's kind of cool because that engagement will be high. Um, AOC is talking. Al Gore is talking. So it's going to be a pretty cool event. Yeah. And I, I, what I'm interested in is how fast the transition was planned because I have some people that I know who are working at the Earth Day Network and they had been planning Earth Day 50, the actual event of it, for over a year. Well, and we have an episode coming out eventually with someone from Earth Day 50, an interview I did. Um, but, yeah, the, this has been happening, this planning has been happening for, at, like, hardcore planning for the past year, but over a year. Um, and they had to make this transition online super swiftly. A matter of weeks. Um, so pretty badass of them to like have this really robust programming, despite the fact that it's not how they pictured, um, it's not how any of us pictured this time to be. Um, and I'm hoping that the, the, the third day, the voter registration, I think that's like super important too. Um, because while we won't be able to like show numbers, I mean, we'll be able to, like, show a statistic, but, like, physical people on the streets. Um, if we get lots of people signed up to vote and talk about the importance mm-hmm. of voting and especially, like, turning over. This is the most consequential. We're going into the most consequential yeah. election season of potentially the next decade. And we yeah. need to ensure that. House seats and. House seats, uh, state legislatures, governor <laughs> seats. Senate seats and the presidency, everything, district attorneys, whatever, anything that's on the ballot, we need to ensure that we are having young people turn out in mass. Yeah, and I'm hoping that, um, I'm hoping that they really emphasize that that it's not just about the presidential campaigns; it's about all those local campaigns too. Quick side note: uh, just recently, the League of Conservation Voters Action Fund endorsed Joe Biden for president. So, I think this is going to be yeah. Uh, it's I was reading a little bit about it. I think this is going to be a tipping point, and hopefully, we'll see more of this over the next couple of days to weeks. But for environmental orgs and some of the more progressive orgs to start backing the presumptive Democratic nominee. I'm hoping he comes out with a stronger climate plan in the next few weeks. That's the hope. But regardless. um, Keep him accountable. Yeah. So 
That'll be interesting. What what else is going on in the world? Um, related to um, coronavirus, we've got um, oh, no. some good old, <laughs> we've got a lot of um, anti stay at home protests that are happening across the country. Who are mainly um, mainly conservatives and um, Trump supporters. Um, this past Saturday, there was one. There's a crowd at um, Austin in Texas. Um, that are protesting social distancing requirements and similar protests have been going on through North Carolina, Florida, Denver, Minnesota, yeah, Kentucky, uh, New, uh, Nevada. <laughs> and um, there's a lot of people with um, protest signs that are saying, like, keep America free, wake up, sheep. <laughs> or, or free people make their own risk assessments. Mm-hmm. And there's some people that there's like people that are like, oh yeah, we know there's like a virus, but we still want our jobs, and you know we're adults, immature, and we know how to like, you know, um, <clears throat> put ourselves out of risk. And then there's a whole other side that are like, oh, the coronavirus is just something that the media is creating so that they could, uh, so that um, so that um, liberals could like take our take away our jobs and force us into a liberal agenda or something like that. What? So, yeah. Like we just said, obviously the liberal agenda is not doing that great under COVID. Um, the, the, York, what? Go ahead, Ramel. Um, in New York State, there's going to be a rally to free New York on May 1st across Albany, Buffalo, Syracuse, Long Island. Long Island is Jesus to be Christ. Um, Yeah. And the hashtags that are like, um, uh, they're like trending that's related to like the, the, the protests are like hashtag open New York, hashtag no mandatory vaccines, hashtag no mandated testing. So, so <sighs> this is, oh my God. I saw, wait, wait, it gets better. Um, <laughs> I, I found, um, a Facebook group that, is called um what is it where are you that's called people for the succession of upstate new york from downstate region someone posted in it saying um (laughs) new yorkers are fed up while we are all concerned for those afflicted with covid19 the vast majority of us are perfectly healthy we're also mature and responsible adults and recognize the importance of using good health hygiene and social distancing practices we are able to we are able and ready to go back to work and school and go back to church we understand in life that there are risks there always will be we're all willing to take on the low risk of being infected by the weak virus where 98% of those infected are okay within three to five days with the ability to get back to work, pay our bills, and feed our families. Governor Cuomo has no right to inject his liberal agenda and positions on the American people by stealing our freedoms. Who is Cuomo to say it's okay to go to a food store, but not church, or a park with nobody within 100 feet? New Yorkers, this is insanity, and this is the first step in the government's attempt to take away your freedoms. You must stand up for your freedoms. Calling your elected official or sending emails does nothing. 
Not only are all the government offices shut down, but all our elected officials are pathetic wimps. And we have already signaled that they will not oppose King Tyrant Cuomo. Oh, oh my God. The only way for the people to voice their beliefs is to take action in Albany and protest this insane full lockdown decision. So May 15th, just announced by Governor Cuomo, King Cuomo works for us. We the people must have a voice and protest our civil liberties. If we don't stand up for ourselves, we now know nobody will. I have several thoughts. I have so many problems with that. The first one is that it's so insanely disrespectful to the responders and the nurses and the doctors who are on the ground risking their lives, being infected at insane rates to save people's lives. Like, insanely disrespectful, because if you do go back to work, the hospitals are going to be completely overrun, and doctors' lives are going to be lost at an even higher rate than what they already are, our medical professionals. So, it's just absolutely insanity to just say, like, well, our, you know, I might get it, we can fight it, fuck our nurses, fuck our doctors, fuck our medical professionals, and the people who work in our hospitals because I'm whiny and it what's sad to me about it is there's obviously like a feeling of like financial concerns among a lot of people and it's like what you should be fighting for is better stimulus packages you should be fighting for the the federal government or your state to be giving you more money to survive during this time or a rent freeze well the thing is is that we there's been a generation or two of americans that have been sold this this blatant false narrative that the only way to freedom is through working for yourself and that and, and, and they've been shown that the government doesn't work for them for so long that they that, that, that I think it's impossible for a lot of people to actually look at the government and say, this is a, an entity that can help us in this time of need. I, I think that our country lacks the idea that we've had during the Great Depression and the response to that when FDR and the New Deal, all those social reforms that were imposed upon people to save them to save the economy to save people another thing is that like that's gone i can only imagine what these protests would look like if they weren't majority white people Mm. like i the one in denver if you saw the pictures there's like some pretty startling images of Mm -hmm. Um, nurses and doctors in their scrubs who were standing in the streets blocking the protesters during red lights. Um, Which they are, side note, they shouldn't have to be doing that. They're already heroes. They should be getting parades. That that's happening. And then they're being yelled at. Also just like insane. Saving those people. Insane that our government has fucked up so badly that people who are nurses and doctors and medical professionals have to be heroes right now. Like they're heroes every day. That's a that's a hard, really, really like challenging job. You're here every day, but there's no reason for them to be 
having such a high loss of life and stress at this because of like the failure of our government to address this virus early on. But that's besides the point. The fact that on top of that, they have to go into the streets and then fight with citizens about doing the bare minimum in order to make their job a tiny bit less horrible is just insane and ridiculous. And I, I can only imagine the commentary if those faces that were screaming at the doctors and the nurses telling them to go home were people of color. Like the commentary from from the media and from the right. I mean, these are all it's mostly white people who are who are having these protests like I don't you're fighting the wrong people it's not your like local government telling you to stay home fight for more uh, like a, a better package fight for more beds from the federal government fight for more testing so that you can go back to work earlier fight like that's what you should be asking for I think it, from the safety of your home. I think the problem comes down to that there are two narratives. There are two opposing narratives that are being pushed around the country at the moment. There's the conservative narrative that is rushing through the heartland, which one, if you look at a lot of the articles about these protests, they're happening with the exception of like a couple of coastal states. They're happening in mostly conservative states with mostly conservative, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I just blanked. Like the the people that are, are mostly white, middle class, lower class, conservative viewers. Mm-hmm. I, I think what we're seeing is that this is the this is the price of the Fox News and the conservative media narrative, which is basically what is fueling the narrative that our president is saying. Well, he tweeted all that, like, liberate. All the liberate Michigan, stuff, yeah. Michigan, liberate, yeah. But it's like they are not being held accountable for the message that they're peddling to people, which is dangerous. And, and, and I think that's what it comes to, like, that's what it boils back to, is that there are people who are being told one thing that is contradictory to the message that they need to be told, which is to believe the science, to wait inside, to fight for certain things, etc. Well, it's, it's kind of a smart move, right? Like, okay, blame it on Democratic governors for the shutdown. Blame the crashing economy on them. They turn them into the villains. And then, but and then if it gets better, when when slash if the pandemic gets better, Trump can just take responsibility for doing such a great job, right? And if it doesn't, just keep blaming the governors, the Democratic local leaders who are doing everything they can to take care of their citizens right now. I feel like when this is over, like there's going to be like a massive like distrust or like miscommunication that's going to last for a while between like president and like governors at least yeah. if like you know, trump gets reelected. there's an interesting article i was reading in the washington post yesterday about how governors are working 
to form interstate compacts because Trump and his administration isn't working with them to ensure that they're getting the necessary protective equipment for their essential workers. And so there are like regional coalitions, basically, like the one in the Northeast with New York, Connecticut, New Jersey. And what's happening is that they're they are using legal loopholes in the Constitution that will allow them to work together to try and like get the equipment that they need and get the funding that they need. And it, I, as I was reading the article, I was just thinking to myself that like this is dystopian as fuck. Like this is worst case like a, scenario. It's like a start of like a like a video game that takes place in the future. Yeah, like America's like the Last of Us. The different like sections. It it when I was reading it, I was thinking so much of like this is like the Hunger Games districts and whatnot. Yeah, it's like the beginning of the Hunger Games, like the prequel. Like it's terrifying. Happy times. Mm. <laughs> um, I, my my favorite. Um, there's like a a billboard, like a, a a sign that someone made for like one of their. Uh, for one of the protests and mm-hmm. it's it says my body my choice trump 2020 oh my god i've seen that i'm sorry what <laughs> um it says my body my choice trump 2020 oof <laughs> well <clears throat> that's a lot to get into anyway this has just been a snippet of what is going on in the world right now um, if you, the listener, enjoyed this episode where we took a little bit of the news that's going on and talked about it just a teeny bit, uh, let us know in the comments, shoot us a message, check us out on social media, say something there. Um, guys, thank you both for potting with me today. Anytime. In this late recorded episode. Um, as always... Happy 420. Oh, happy happy 420. Blaze yeah. it. Blaze <laughs> it. Happy 420, everybody. Uh, thank you for listening to another episode of Pod for the Planet. Uh, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating on wherever you listen to your podcasts. Drop a comment, a review. Uh, please follow us on our social media channels. Link in the show notes. Abby's going to be running those and we'll love to talk to all of you if you have an idea for an episode that you want us to do please let us know thanks for listening have a good night